0: Hello and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. This is episode nine of the Pacific Northwest Showdown and we have a lot of content to share this week's episode and we're excited to get to it. But first, I think, you know, now is a pretty appropriate time to talk about our wine tasting weekend we had in Central yeah. Washington. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who follow us on social media, some of you know that we were unable to to watch the Seahawks game live Mm -hmm. on Sunday because we were busy tasting wine, which sounds like might've been a better choice was a good choice. Yeah. Um, We did actually rewatch that Hawks game because the Hawkeye analysis is is a very important segment to our podcast. And although I know that we lost, I still had to have the same fan experience that all of you had to sit through if you suffer, we suffer. Exactly. But we don't want to suffer at the beginning of this podcast, so we're actually going to share with you a little bit about yeah. our wine-tasting adventure that we had, Yep, give a few recommendations if that's your vibe, if that's your thing. Let's do it. And uh, so let's get started with, you know, where did we go, Kate? Where where in Central Washington did we go? So, yeah, we went um, a few places. We were in Yakima, Prosser, Zilla, Benton City areas, um, probably some other places that i'm not like quite really small like there's there's some small, really there's some small places that you're like i didn't realize that was a that was an actual was town there town? yeah but we went there and um we first stopped at Massett winery it's in yakima county and they had uh their wines all of them i thought were great how many wines it did was like try? it was i mean i was trying to think about that and it was probably. like 12 or at least i don't know that it was just it was all lined up and i thought it was going to be like a pick which four you want to do kind of thing or which you want to try but it was just like nope, you can just try this one then this one and they were like you know they were they were the decent size uh tasting so you could taste it but also where you weren't going to be like wasted at the end well and we shared tastes at the beginning of this whole wine tour adventure but then our own later we did and, you know, my stepdad was driving, he was very kind to drive us around, so then we felt a little more comfortable True. making sure that, you know, we were Safety first. Safe. Safety exactly. First. Uh, one of my favorite wines at Masset Winery was the 2012 Petite Syrah. Mm-hmm. And you enjoyed the ice wines that he had. Those ice wines were great. I mean, I'm more of a sw- I I like a sweet wine anyway, um, but, those the ones he had were great and you know to be considered an ice wine the grapes have to be harvested below a certain temperature and then you know it just sounded like the whole process of it was was pretty was pretty great and he told a great story about being out there in like 28 degrees or something right and trying to pick those grapes so if you ever have an opportunity it's really cool his the wine tasting room is right outside this, the gentleman's house um, who's the winemaker? Mm-hmm. And just really personable, great easy stories. to talk to. Great stories. Really kind. I would I would highly recommend Massive Winery. Mm-hmm. We stayed at Van Arnum Vineyards. Uh, our parents had gifted to us for one of our wedding gifts a uh, overnight stay at the little cottage that they have there on the estate. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you could live there! Like it was a little, it was like a little house. Yeah, it was. It was pretty great. Totally. Filled with everything you could possibly need—extra blankets, pillows, towels, you know, plates, forks, a Bluetooth speaker, you know, for your party needs or whatever. Two massive like Samsung those Spark TVs, TVs were, were that you could log into any of your services for. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. So and a and a nice little uh, outside area. It was a little chilly to be hanging out outside, and we had wine to drink, so we didn't quite do that. But it was it was a really great uh, little place to stay there for sure. I did enjoy it a lot. So I would, I would recommend that for people who are looking for a place to stay and you want to stay in like, you know, what I would consider Washington state's wine country. Yeah. And if you're not trying to do like a hotel, you know, and I, I don't know how much the hotel prices around there are cause we didn't stay in one. So I didn't look, but this, um, this little cottage, it was like, you know, it's probably like what twelve hundred square feet or something like that. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty big. Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, and I for both nights it was like less than four hundred bucks. It was like three. And feet they or left a they left bottle, a bottle of, their of wine, wine there, there for too, us too, which was take? super nice. And or you know, so yeah, I would. It was a great place to stay. It felt pretty easy to get to other places from there, and you know, fun to wake up in the morning and look outside from the bedroom and just oh, see like... Such a beautiful view. Vineyard and orchards The and colors of everything. Mount Adams over there, so yep. it was pretty cool. We went to a couple other wineries that we just wanted to share and make note of, Coltero mm-hmm. Vineyards, that's in Zella. They mm-hmm. had a great 2014 Zinfandel and then a bottle of wine named Kairos. Oh yeah, that one was good too. That's Zinfandel though, that was a really good Zinfandel. The Zin was great. Mm-hmm. Barrel Springs was my favorite in terms of the ambiance of yeah. the wine tasting room. The yeah. couple, the owners that own that vineyard and make that so, wine. So sweet. So incredibly sweet. And they have a dog named Benji that looks like Benji, if you know that. <laughs> so cute, too. Just like wanted so to say hi to her. Yeah, it's just so great. And they had a really good mustard. They had a Chardonnay oh, yeah. mustard that was pretty good. Kind of like a Dijon mustard, for those of you that do yeah. uh, obviously maybe haven't been there and don't know their mustard. Um, and they serve it to you like with your wine tasting with little pretzels. Um, but speaking of pretzels, forgot to say at Massett, they, um, the winemaker's mom, I'm right about that, right? It was his mom, he makes this pretzel seasoning and they sell these bags of seasoned pretzels and it's kind of like, Oh, like sort of ranch, but not totally ranch. And they're really good. It and was a, it was great, great to pick up a bag before we went everywhere else, because it was like a snack on the go when you needed a little bit of substance kind of helps though oh, too, curb. with like the, the palate of like getting your mouth back to not just being wine from yeah. every place you go. So, um, so snacks uh, are also good to have on hand. I also enjoyed our very generous uh, pours oh for gosh. the ten tastings at Terra Blanca. Absolutely, yes, that was amazing. Unexpected, first I, of all, I didn't know it was going to be ten pours. I mean, that was pretty impressive. And then, yes, you're right. The pours the themselves pours were like I mean, what, like three was, ounces? I don't know. We probably had at least like oh two my and a half to three glasses of wine during that one hour tasting experience. So luckily, we had a lunch, we reservation, had a lunch there reservation there, right there afterwards. After. Yep, thank goodness. Oh, yeah, it was a little. It was a little bit of a Tipsy Kate kind of uh, moment after that. But you know what? It was she's fun. fun too. So it's fine. Yeah, Tipsy Kate is fun. Yeah, and they had they had great wines there also, and it was a great ambiance as well. The Davinlore Winery in Prosser. Yeah, it was pretty windy up there. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's kind of up on. He's a, up on a hill, mountain, evening where all of the your favorite. Oh my gosh, the freaking tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds exist. Yeah. Um, but so many the winemaker at Davenlore, really personable. He's so great. He was really nice. Yeah. He's a winemaker. I just want to give a shout out to him specifically because my parents, they're wine members at different wineries. And sure. Um I guess he will over the pandemic, he's taken the time to drive around the state of Washington and deliver
1: the the, mm-hmm. the
0: orders to his members. Yeah. And that's a long drive for him to go around across the state and like, yeah, I think it deliver. takes him, I think it takes him a couple of days. days when he goes to like the West side, you know, over, over this way to, to do all that. And he has, he showed us kind of how he has it all mapped out and yeah, everything. And it and, was cool. Um, super nice guy. Pretty funny. Um, yeah, it was good. It was, they have good wine too. They do. They had a really good Riesling. Mm-hmm. Got, got, did we get port from there too? We did. We got their last, we got their last, port. last one of their types of, one of their types. We got the last one of, so love. No, it was, I'm not sure. I don't remember, but either way it's, I know where to find it. So Massett winery, Van Arnum, Colterra, barrel Springs, Terra Blanca, Davin lore. Those are all suggested suggestions that we have for you. And in regards to central Washington, <laughs> wine tasting places to stop by absolutely for food, because food is important. Food is so important. Hop town pizza. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about that pizza? incredible they were fire like wood fire oh they take it was pizzas. so good you can like see it right there you the know salads were good the salads were great the, the dessert. dessert was great um we got a we got a cookie ice cream thing with caramel sauce and chocolate you can't really go wrong there's M&M's, m&ms in that in too mm-hmm. yeah it was it was like a kid's and drink. then um el porton oh el porton was great for mexican food it was it was so good the portions were really nice they were really good i yeah. couldn't eat all of mine and i was kind of sad Panda about that, but it's hard to like not finish something when it's delicious. I totally get that. I know, but you and know, especially like, with traveling, you're like exactly like if I put it in the fridge, I don't really have the ability to heat it up correctly. Or, I mean, we do, but you know, I'm kind of lazy because you're traveling, so I get that. Well, that's a little bit of a some wine tasting, you know, just weekend. what our weekend, weekend looked like, how much fun we had. Mm-hmm. So, and so now we're on to our to our Pacific Northwest athlete quote of the week, and um. Today, it's going to be from Marshawn Lynch, my very first Seahawks jersey I ever had, uh, or I ever got. And uh, I love him. And uh, he's one of Seattle's favorite athletes to have ever played in the area. He's a sports icon here, and I'd say a lot of other places too, especially having been one of the best running backs alongside Sean Alexander to have played for the Seahawks. And, you know, with Thanksgiving right around the corner... Felt like this quote was appropriate to choose from Lynch and no, it's not. I'm just here. So I won't get fined or just about that action boss. Um, though, those ones, those ones are pretty Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. Um, this quote, uh, this week is I'm blessed. I'm blessed every day I wake up. So I just try to maximize every day to the fullest. Wow. Makes you think about, you know, what you're really grateful for this holiday season. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. Hey, podcast listeners. What are you grateful for this holiday season? And sometimes it could be the simplest things like, Absolutely. I woke up today. Absolutely. And maybe it's a hard day. Maybe you're struggling with things, but maybe that's the one thing you can c- hold on to. Mm-hmm. That you have no idea what life can offer you each day. Absolutely. And... You know, I think about the things that have shown up in my life, you know, especially during times where I've struggled or I've been in the low place Mm -hmm. and how, when I've written in my journal about some of those things, how I never knew that maybe that next day I'm writing about a really great change that just like Mm -hmm. randomly happened in my life, whether it's me or Kate. Well, that was a good day. It was a great day. both of us. Job opportunities, meeting somebody that you felt is a hero in your life Mm or hearing great news maybe Mm -hmm. just like or maybe it's a mental shift in your mind about where you're at and how you want to proceed forward through those hardships of course but what are you grateful for this holiday season and as we're leading up to thanksgiving next week i know we might talk a little bit more about this but take some time to think this week because next week's going to be here before we know it and it's important to take time for this sort of thing Well, and the holidays aren't always happy for For everybody and so when these things come up sometimes it is good to take some time ahead of that holiday or ahead of that event or that you know specific time and and kind of prepare yourself ahead of time for that and thinking you know what am i grateful for what can i hold on to what is making a difference in my life or what do you need Mm -hmm. what do you need to be able Mm -hmm. to get through the holidays who do you need to reach out to Who's your support system? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it can be hard. There's a lot of people that struggle this time of year for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing that we can have around us is community, a community of people who are supportive and kind and Mm -hmm. loving. Mm -hmm. And although people might not always 100% understand where or what you're going through, the hope is that you have people around you who will be willing to at least sit with you through that. Mm -hmm. So you know, Marshawn Lynch. I love that quote that we selected this week. And, uh, thank you for listening to our Pacific Northwest athlete quote of the week. It is time for one of our favorite segments, the showdown lowdown, the showdown lowdown. Ooh, that was some good, like, I don't know. I just make it up each time. I'm glad you liked it. I liked it. Thank you. All right, the showdown lowdown for those of you who may might be new listeners. Welcome new listeners. Yeah, is the Pacific Northwest Sports News and just a quick overview of wins, losses, important breaking news, off-season, you know, things that are happening. Applicable information. Absolutely. So this week we're gonna start off with the Seattle Mariners. And before I actually get to what I have here i want to share some news with you about the seattle mariners that was released today oh yeah i haven't seen all this is stuff that each ichiro, ichiro suzuki oh i had heard this oh well then what happened um he is going to be okay wait wait <clears throat> he is eligible to be inducted into or is going to be it's going to be in, inducted into the mariners oh, yeah? hall of fame look at you knowing what's going on but he's not yet eligible to be in the yeah. um one in Cooperstown, the national. Well, let's not fame. focus on the things yet. that, no, I'm saying can... yet. Yeah. Cause it's just like not been right. long enough or something. There's like a, there's like a time, <laughs> there's a time thing for it or something yeah. like that. And so, yes. Well, look at me being impressive. I'm impressed. So Kate shared with you that news. It's really exciting. Ichiro is one of our, you know, favorite players that when he came to, you know, the Mariners franchise, just made such oh, yeah. a huge difference, was part of that 116 win season. So many bobbleheads. Broke so many records. Yeah, I have a story about that, but I'm not going to tell it because I don't know. Um, not today. Maybe that time. should be shared to the world. <laughs> anyways, um, if you have if you want to know, you can private message. me. Um, anyways, so the Seattle Mariners have officially announced their 2022 coaching staff. The coaching staff has some significant changes. And we wanted to provide you with a breakdown of what those changes are. Hmm. So to start with, Jarrett DeHart is promoted to the hitting coach and director of hitting strategy. Tony Arnerich became the hitting coach, and he was previously uh, with the minor league field coordinator position. Andy McKay is one of the bigger ones to note, um, was named major league coach and senior director of baseball development, I guess he has a lot to do with player development and the psychology behind that. So that's really cool. Oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay. And Christopher Negron, named first base coach. I always like the first base coaches. <laughs> they're the ones I think that are right there on first base. Like, oh, yeah, they're the people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was previously with Triple A, Tacoma manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then additionally, Seattle's bench coach, Jared Sandberg, will not return. Oh. And instead, it's hitting coach Tim Laker um, and, you know, decline the club's offer to return. So they're both not coming back. I would have to actually double check on that because, no, the way I put some commas in there confused me. Ah, well. Grammar, grammar everybody. Grammar, is important. <laughs> grammar is tricky. And I can tell you that because I... a teacher yes so in regards to free agents and trade targets that have been discussed and linked to the mariners this off season the mariners do need to fill a need at second base and the mariners have been linked to marcus Semyon and javier bays and You know, with question marks around Kyle Lewis's availability and Kelnick's ability to play center field, Mm. we kind of see – we saw a little bit of struggles there with Kelnick coming in. Kyle Mm -hmm. Lewis hasn't been able to stay healthy, even though he won Rookie of the Year prior to this last season. Mm. He has obviously a lot of, uh, you know, great skill set, but he wants to be healthy and available to play. It's an important part of athletics. The the Mariners could look to potentially upgrade the center field position this offseason. And that comes with the idea of potentially targeting Brian Reynolds. Okay. And it would take a lot to complete a trade for Reynolds because he's a young emerging star with over 500 plate appearances and having over a 300 batting average over the last two seasons. Hmm. So it's a name to watch. However, you know, if the Mariners feel that they need to have security at that center field position, Maybe yeah. we see them make a big move and trade one of our younger players who might have high potential. Um, so that will be interesting to watch. If there's one thing I've learned about Seattle sports. You just never know with some of the off season stuff. So it'll be interesting oh, to see what Absolutely. Happens sure. It's like, here's all the news about off season and none of it actually happens. Yeah. It gets your hopes up or it breaks your heart. And then, it, or it just turns out to be like, Oh, well that was unexpected <laughs> or that was, yeah, not mostly just unexpected. Yes. Well, um, the Seattle Storm season tickets are now on sale for the 2022 season. Um, Seattle Storm collected over 700 new uh, 2022 season ticket deposits. um, Or sorry, they collected that many on the very first day of sales, which is awesome. Uh, The Storm 360 memberships offer fans reserved seats for all 19 home games, playoff priority, the best seats at the lowest prices, and a flexible ticket exchange program, which is very helpful. So, those, they also have flexible payment plans. And in addition, Storm 360 members, both existing and new ones, will have the opportunity to select their seat locations at the state of the art Champion Center located on the Seattle Center campus beginning in December. So, um, I didn't tell you that I did this yesterday. Don't worry, I didn't buy anything. Oh, okay. What's um, up? I at least inquired about wanting to purchase season tickets for the storm games. And you're <laughs> laughing and looking at me because this is breaking news for kids. So today I got a call from one of their ticket oh. you know, sales people. Yeah. And I said, I would love to purchase season tickets. I need uh-huh. to talk with my wife. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. I even have their number no, no. in this. No, you're, you're, I'm. I'm not against the idea in I any said, capacity I whatsoever. I said, I'm sure she'll support the cause. It's just how much she's willing to support the cause and I for what s- level of tickets. see. Paying. I see. Well, if you would also like some breaking news, um, I have not made moves on things, but I had been doing my own research about things. And now it sounds like I might have to buy Michaela a different Christmas present instead. So son of a gun. But hey, <laughs> oh, I'm glad no. I'm glad we're on the same page. Wow. Like, at least. Oh God, I'm sorry. No, nope, nope. It's fine. I can just go back to the drawing board once again. I'll just... So um my brother and your sister, if you guys are listening, thanks for your help. And Michaela already took care of it on her own. <laughs> I have it. I will give you Marcus's phone number. He still needs a call call he sounds friendly i'm sure i can talk to him i have his number in the desk drawer (laughs) um anyways so uh definitely look at the seattle storm ticket offerings if you want to be a a member and maybe you'll see us at one of those games because there's a bunch of them there are all right the kraken continue to struggle as they are now 4 10 and 1 they are playing as we speak they are which fingers crossed I was a little torn. I was like, should we do the podcast now? There's a cracking game. But again, it's being recorded. So we can go back and watch it. It's true. Um, So they have been struggling. They're on a four-game losing streak, hoping that tonight on November 17th that they can come out with a win over the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes. Uh, One of my favorite things about sports, and this is just a side note of something that we saw on the social media account yesterday, is how players and teams really go and support their communities and offer really special opportunities for fans yep. and you know different communities of people to come and have you know a special event. Yes. And so just the other day, the Kraken welcomed 70 special olympic athletes to watch their practice and to learn how to skate and all of this other stuff that was just a really great experience for those individuals. And we just love seeing, you know, these major league, you know, sports teams give back to their community to give these great like yeah. experiences Su- supporting all athletes absolutely yeah. supporting all athletes mm-hmm. well and the ol reigns season has come to an end their semi their semifinal match against the washington spirit resulted in a loss for the rain losing two to one which is very close um on a very happy though and celebratory note the Reigns head coach, Laura Harvey, was named the 2021 NWSL Coach of the Year. So she got that incredible award after um, an amazing turnaround mm-hmm. in the summer. Yeah. Taking the team from, I mean, they were in ninth place, and they got up to second place to secure a semifinal playoff game. So Laura Harvey deserves this honor, and congratulations, yes. Coach. Congrats, nice work. Coach. We love You know, this next season, I think Kate and I are going to be fully invested in women's sports here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, they deserve so much more love. They really do. And so we're excited to to be supportive um, and supporters of those teams. All right. On the other side of soccer is the Seattle Sounders are one of the teams to beat in the playoffs this year for the MLS Cup. Now, Mm -hmm. in recent years, the Sounders have gone to four of the last five MLS Cup finals. pretty impressive. So, for those – I mean, we live in Seattle, and Mm -hmm. we have an incredible soccer team. We do. Right here in our backyard. Mm -hmm. So, in those four appearances, the Sounders have won two of those uh, final MLS Cups. Mm -hmm. And some do have concern that the Sounders – might struggle in this postseason because they lost the last six games of their regular season. Makes, so that makes sense. Makes then. sense. Sure. But they have a lot of experience in these big games, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. with the last five seasons. Um so the Sounders will host Real Salt Lake for their first match of the postseason on November 23rd. Okay. Be sure to tune in and support our Seattle Sounders as they make another run at that MLS Cup. Oh man. Well and in other news, um, and the Seattle Seahawks, in case you hadn't heard or were under a rock or went wine tasting for the weekend like us, and then didn't watch the game recorded, the Seahawks laid a goose egg for the first time under Russell Wilson's 10 year tenure as a Seahawks QB losing to green Bay 17 to zero. There will be an extensive breakdown of this game in the Hawkeye analysis, but I want to say kudos to the, the defense on mm-hmm. this game. The defense was incredible. They held green Bay to three points through three quarters, the offense had multiple opportunities and decent field position to score, and they just were never able to execute. We are going to, but we're, we're going to Michaela oh, will break man. it down. I am telling you, breaking it I down. watched that game and I had my computer and Shh. I was taking notes. Like she was studying for She'd exam. Like, Do we need all of these bullet points? Can we delete some? And I deleted a few, but there's still plenty. Um. <laughs> anyways. So I'm going to announce our Pacific Northwest player of the week this week. And this is something that we like to do for our Pacific Northwest athletes and select a player from any of the teams to highlight and to give kudos to. And this week it's, it's time. It's Jamal Adams time. Jamal Adams had one of the best games that he's had in a while. I would say this season easily. Sure. Yeah. He had eight total tackles, two mm-hmm. quarterback pressures on Aaron Rodgers that resulted in incomplete passes. Yeah. He had one pass defense and. His very first interception as a Seattle Seahawk yes. in the end zone. Yes. Which yes. was just yes. Uh, it was a jump ball. Yes. Aaron Rodgers was under pressure. Yes. It was such a lovely play to watch. And I enjoyed watching that defense play. I really did. It was it was good. I mean, I think, and you know, we'll get into it more, but I think that, you know, the defense has been they've been doing better they've been getting better better. and it's it was great to see jamal adams come up with this this highlight this week so that is your pacific northwest athlete player of the week coming up next is the hawkeye analysis get ready it is time for this week's hawkeye analysis which is very detailed on my end let's break it down let's break it down all right so as many of you know, I watched this game a few days late and it allowed me to fast it, forward. It didn't change anything. It did not. <laughs> we are not in all like an alternate universe like situation here. Not at all. So to start off with um, Russell Wilson coming back mm-hmm. for the first game since he's had surgery, you could tell he was overall like, you know, he still had some huge throws. He wasn't totally on target. Yeah. Um, He missed, well, he missed a couple times, like, massively. You wonder how much of that is the cold weather, how much of that is rust from not playing, how much of that is his finger, and having that little wrap he had on that middle finger on his throwing hand. I mean, yeah, sure. So there there could be a lot of factors there. But I also thought that Wilson made a few really poor decisions Mm. on those couple interceptions that... He threw. Mm-hmm. So the first one that he threw, it was in the end zone and it was to DK. Well, he was trying to get it to he DK. He was trying to get it to DK. And double covered. Same thing with the pass to lock it in the end zone, double covered. Yeah. And then he almost had a third interception, granted, at the end of the game, which I don't necessarily understand why when you have less than a minute left and you're down 17 to nothing. Oh yeah. Why you're like sacrificing your starters bodies to try to make these like jump balls, like towards the end zone just to get points. But then DS bridge is double covered and it was almost picked off in the end zone again. Yeah. So just some mental errors there. And as I was thinking about it, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, man, is Russell Wilson genuinely like struggling? Is he going through – it's been a year of adversity. I've said that multiple times on this podcast for Russell Wilson this year. Sure. And I think it's a down season. As much of – like he was showing his off-season workouts, I think there's a lot of stuff going on for him that as much as he tries to focus in on that mental stuff, I think that he might be – I mean, I, I think that he's struggling. Yeah, I mean And it's not I mean you shouldn't probably assume, you know, where somebody's at mentally. Well, I mean but yes. But I mean it, it was a little bit of a rough season anyway here and there. And then he, with the injury and then you know, trying to be there and be supportive. And and he's that he's that like strong friend, right? Mm-hmm. He seems like that kind of vibe where it's like the when he's always I get, he's like always cheering everybody else on, he's always like keeping that like, positive, like, mindset, go, we can that do this and whatever and and that's that's a heavy load to carry so hopefully he is being supported hopefully he does have support hopefully after this game specifically he has some support around him because that's that's huge i mean that's a that's a huge thing to to kind of come back and then have that be the result you know so right because as you stated earlier this was the first the first zero zero, zero play side yeah. of Russell Wilson's career. He mm-hmm. so um that's a that that is a hard place to be. I liked here's what I liked seeing from the offense, and I'm condensing this from my notes. If you guys saw my notes, you'd be like, Oh my god. It's a lot of notes. Um here's what I liked seeing from the offense. Number one, Alex Collins was looking really good. He was pretty shifty mm-hmm. and he seemed effective on his runs. I don't necessarily God, if I get crap for this, why they didn't run the ball more. I can't believe they said that. Um, But given the circumstance of how cold it was, Russell Wilson's struggle for his accuracy Mm hes coming off of, Mm -hmm. you know, surgery. There are certain times I would think that you should, especially if you're, you know, if Alex Collins is getting, you know, four plus Mm -hmm. yards on average per gain, like leverage that. I liked seeing that Wilson was dumping it off a little bit more to the tight ends. We saw a lot more tight end, yeah. um, you know, engagement there. Will Disley had a 29-yard gain. Geez, Gerald Everett, man, you get that ball to him underneath. Oh yeah, and he's just a physical guy. Yes, he's an aggressive physical guy for the run after catch. And I would love to see him get the ball even more. But we saw the tight ends utilized a little bit more in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that they just could never get going on offense. We would have great no. offensive field position. Yeah, so many times, especially yeah. in the first couldn't, half, couldn't complete it. Couldn't. It's those third down, you know, conversions that they're not getting, or yeah. they're getting sacked, and then you're out of field goal range. And it's just like got to be. I don't know, smart enough to know that the pressure is coming and try to get the ball thrown away in an area where Uh, there's a receiver. I will say one of the hard things for me to understand about football, and I mean, I I get it to a point, but emotionally I'm like, why? Is why the quarterbacks run backwards so far? You know what I mean? It's like you started – maybe at like the 50 and then you're back at like I don't know, the 40 or the 35 or something before you even try to throw the ball, you're lucky to get back to where you started. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I get that you're trying to avoid things. I understand logically, but it's just, it's, you know, that's so something weird. that you hear often of people saying they need to step up in the pocket. Like mm-hmm. if there's pressure coming around, I mean, depending on where, you know, the de- defensive linemen are and sure. how they're coming around, the goal would be to step up, mm-hmm. but there are certain quarterbacks that, Have the ability to be magicians and escape things, but it's not going to work every time. And And you're right, it does. You can lose, you know, six, seven yards easily on a. Mm -hmm. If you're lucky, it's only six or seven yards. Right. So that was a struggle, you know, to watch the offense in this game. Um, Wilson took multiple sacks and, you know, missing a wide open Metcalf. Metcalf had a couple drops, though, that he probably should have snagged. It took him way too long to get Metcalf and Lockett involved in even like in any of the passing game. Mm-hmm. And when you have two top receivers like that, you need to be getting them involved and engaged more. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And again, part of it was just Wilson's. It just wasn't working. Accuracy out. wasn't working out. The pressure that was coming towards him so quick. Um, you know, there was that holding call on Lewis right at the end of the half. Mm. But it like it wasn't a hold. The, the defensive tackle like put Lewis on his ass. Excuse yeah. my language. Now this has to be explicit content. <laughs> um, sorry, children. Beep. <laughs> um, we don't have that technology yet. Lewis was on his butt, though. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that was an interesting call. The Seahawks had only 86 total yards at the end of the first half. It's crazy. For the field position that they had. It's true. They should have had at least three points. Mm-hmm. They should have had something. One would have thought. Um, You know, there was a direct snap to Travis Homer that I didn't expect. That was cool to see a little bit of trickery there on third yeah. down. Mm-hmm. That was, I liked Travis Homer has mm-hmm. grown on me a little bit. I feel like he's made some plays this season that I have he respect has, for him for. Yeah. So he's grown on me a little bit. Everybody Travis Homer, I'm keeping an eye on, uh, We're going to talk about this in the mailbag segment a little bit too, but DK got ejected. My gosh. And, you know, my man, Steve Fisher asked us the question in the mailbag segment where we can talk more about DK and, you know, I don't want to say issues on the field, but his, his temperament on the field sure, and how he is navigating that right now. Sure. Uh, So stay tuned for the mailbag segment where we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper. But I mean, yeah, he grabs, Face mask after being taunted, he grabs another face mask, he pushes a guy in the face. I mean, it was a lot, so it was a lot. Definitely, definitely got ejected. Yeah, all right. So, we're gonna move on to the defense mm-hmm. again. The offense scored zero points, just have to throw that out there. But the defense held the Packers to three points through the first three quarters, and I have not had that much fun watching the Seahawks defense great. in a long time. And so I'm really glad as much as, you know, everybody, it was funny when I shared, you know, okay, everybody, like I'm going to watch the Seahawks game and people are like, don't, don't do, do that to yourself. No. Like, what are you doing? And like, I have to, you know, I have to do this for the the podcast. I'm dedicated. I can't not have the Hawkeye analysis. Which segment. Meant I also got to do it. So that was exactly good. Kate Also got to Thanks, experience babe. it. You're welcome. But I really did enjoy, and I'm glad I watched mm-hmm. it because sometimes what happens is when you lose a game, especially like this it's a game that a lot of people don't want to watch but there's an important component to watching a game even when you lose or you you struggle and a huge part of that is number one the analysis component of okay so how do we move forward and how do we get better and what needs to change all about that growth mindset. so coming at it and watching it from that lens and then on top of it i would have missed this defensive showing, and granted, yes, they ended up giving up 17 po- points total, but 14 of those points came in the fourth quarter with less than, like, I want to say it was and like 11 minutes left on the They were probably exhausted from having to play so much. Absolutely. I mean, it was a defense-heavy game, game for us. As it has been, but I loved watching them play. Mm-hmm. There are so many positive things that I have to say about the players and, and different you know, individual Plays that they made Short. start off the game. D.J. Reed had a great pass breakup on Devonte Adams in the first series. He had a huge hit. Devontae Adams just like it just like dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah. Then on the next play, D.J. Reed got completely beat. He like fell to the ground, and uh, Valdez Scantling just gets this huge gain. But either way, D.J. Reed had a great um, he does pass have breakup. Work. He had more than one. He had another pass breakup in the end zone in the second quarter on third down, so that made it go fourth down. Yeah. Uh, so DJ Reed, our cornerbacks are starting well, and they have been the last couple weeks, especially with them feeling a lot more established with DJ Reed back on the side, the right side, mm-hmm. and Trey Brown being available for us. What a. St- a star. You were, I'm going to say I'm high on Trey You were kind, I'm of, you were kind Brown. of loving Trey Brown this last game. Well, and I've loved him since he showed up the first game. Oh, I know. But I mean, this specific one, you were just, there was a lot of, there, there was a lot of Trey Brown in this game for you. There was, and I'll get to him in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, There was a beautiful sack by Rasheem Green on the first drive to make mm-hmm. it a third and 22. They totally. weren't able to convert on that third down. Nope. We all love to see a good sack, especially on Aaron Rodgers. Yes. So that was nice. Rasheem Green, thank you from all of us, from all the Seahawks fans, and I'm sure many other fans from other teams out there, or just people in general, for sacking Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, great tackling by Ugo uh, Amadi in open space. You know, Rodgers threw out wide, and it was one-on-one, and Mm -hmm. Amadi was there and just it was kind of like that Trey Brown first hit that we had all seen the first game he came out and everybody's like oh my god he just wouldn't let him
1: no yeah it was kind yeah. of a
0: similar you yeah. know feel to that and you know there was that was followed by an amazing stop on third and one by Jordan Brooks I rarely have faith in our team on third and one anything less than third and four I'm like when I know that it's third and four I'm like and eh, they're gonna give up a first down but Jordan Brooks came in. And had a great third down stop on third and one. And then uh, Amadi had a great pass uh, knockdown mm-hmm. later in the game. Mm. Yeah, that's true. We talked about Adams because he got our Pacific Northwest uh, Athlete Player of the Week. But let's just go ahead and give him a little bit more love. He was blitzing while he was playing soft. So I don't think Rodgers really expected for him to come and to bring pressure. Sure. But when he did bring pressure those few times, Aaron Rodgers threw... Incomplete passes. And then he got the interception at the end zone. And that was his first one as a Seahawk, as we made note of earlier. Alton Robinson and Rasheem Green on that interception throw by Rodgers were the ones to bring the pressure. Yeah. And I love seeing that Mm -hmm. from from both of those players. So Rasheem Green had a a pretty good game. Uh, You know, Alton Robinson is so quick off the edge. But I – you know who I'm high on. Trey Brown. Well – trey brown but the other it's kind of like his rookie season but we drafted him last year daryl taylor yep daryl taylor man he's so fast his pressure oh my gosh he should have had that fumble recovery well you know can't win them all uh, yeah what a terrible move yes. okay yeah Thank that you. guy geez no so <laughs> daryl taylor um, her eyes when she looked at me told me I was really wrong <laughs> Taylor is uh, one of my favorite players along with with Trey Brown so giving love to them and then you know if you watch Trey Brown mm-hmm. he's really good like step-per-step coverage I yeah. see him sticking to his guy I don't see him yeah I haven't really seen him get beat at this point yeah and he's really good at playing reading plays he had that huge hit. He did to stop a fourth and two. Yes. A- attempt. Yes. That was an incomplete pass because his hit was so hard. He read that play. <laughs> yes. Like he's read that book before and mm-hmm. he knew what lines were coming next. That's right. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to him. Ryan Neal has a beautiful pass breakup on third down on a long bomb. And you should have seen Ryan Neal flying down the field, yeah. catching, catching up to that receiver. I mean, there was a huge I distance just Love him and he made up that distance and he just, he hit the guy and it just, it, the ball was incomplete. Oh, yeah. and I, you know, I did hear just as an update oh, for those you. of you who are concerned about Ryan Neal and a potential concussion. It sounds like he's been practicing. Okay. So Good. The hope is that he's okay. Good. Ryan Neal is one of those impact players that I'm like, man. I we just need I think we need to play him more. And that's it's so hard when we have we I do know, have solid I know. safeties out there and I just love him. He's great. And then there's that pass block to Puna Ford's mask right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Um, so that was pretty funny too. But and then wait, can we talk about the shoe? That yeah, let's let's talk about the shoe. Um I mean, throwing a shoe. I, I okay, but like when we watch, but when we watched, we it, were entertained. I honestly like I didn't even know what happened because I I am notorious for watching the wrong part of the screen for the thing I'm supposed to be paying attention to with. cable we'll like, wait, like, wait, what that happen? I'm like, wait, where? Where am I from? looking? And it's like you know, Ugh, pointing sometimes. out. Like, okay, focus here. <laughs> sometimes I watch just this. get distracted by other things, especially if there's a player I really like out on the field. I sometimes watch them instead. But anyway. So, um, yeah. So Carlos Carlos Dunlap got flagged for, unsports, for unsportsmanlike conduct for for throwing a shoe because one of the Packers players, the shoe would come off, right? Right. And so it was on the field, and so then he just like picked it up and threw he like threw it like fetch. Like, like, I mean, it, like was, it was like a, it like was really far. Shoe. I mean, probably it was like what like ten yards? I don't know. It seemed far to me, yeah. but I thought it was hilarious. And if you um, Look, if players didn't get flagged for that sort of thing, I mean, and you have, have to, a fifteen-yard penalty. Right? I get why you, you have to, but it would also be Maybe in we my mind fun. thoroughly entertaining. And but if DK can't hug the goalpost, then
1: you, you know done Carlos up can't done up, throw probably can't shoe. throw
0: a shoe. So, and I just want to give a special um, you know highlight to how great our special teams punter is, Michael Dixon. Oh yeah. I realized that we hadn't been giving love to our special teams. You know, oh my gosh. We should because Ryan Neal's on special teams. So I should I, I should make sure we do that know. more. I do. Uh Michael Dixon had plenty of punts in this game oh my gosh, where he, they were in decent field positions. So of course he had the opportunity to really pin them back and he did. He did great. He pinned them back within the 10-yard line, 15-yard line, you know, at least twice within the 10. I think it was, you know, three times within the 15. Um, mm-hmm. so Michael Dixon had a wonderful game I really like him. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. I don't I have to be... get used to all the tattoos. So I feel like, I feel like he didn't have Art, all of no, them before. He's had all of those. Has tattoos. he had them all of them? Yeah. Okay. Well then maybe I just it don't might pay be attention. It part of why I also love him. I mean, it's not like a bad look or anything. I just not feel like all. in my brain, I don't picture them there. So then I just, you know, right. It's always kind of a surprise, but anyway, that's what happens when you see people in real life. Um, So we can move on to Kate's Corner. Yeah, this is the Kate's Corner of the Hawkeye Analysis, which is a fun little mini segment within a bigger segment. Take it away, Kate. Kate's Corner. Hi, welcome back to Kate's Corner. (laughs) Last time, (laughs) okay, so I... I this game with this zero, I was like, when does this happen? When do teams get zero points? Because, I mean, we came close a couple times to shutting out other teams this year. Mm -hmm. I think it was like the Jags or something. They only got three or whatever. We were so close. So I was like, when does this even happen? So I had to look it up. Because if you know me, you know I have to know the answer to things. She likes facts and Um, is great with trivia. I liked, well, don't oversell it. But yes, I do like to know things. So the last time that the Seahawks had a shutout where they scored zero points, was September 18th, 2011, against the Steelers. Boo. Boo. (laughs) And um, in that game, the Seahawks lost 24 to zero. So hey, we did better this time than that time. We lost by less. So, Michaela's blinking her eyes like (laughs) that doesn't help. Um, We, as, as a team, we being the Seahawks, have scored zero points in a game 12 times since the franchise began in 1976. Now the other lowest score in any other Russell Wilson led offense was in 2016 against the Rams with a low scoring game of Rams nine us three. Surprisingly though fun fact there has been a game that ended with a score of zero to zero and I've got to tell you in doing this research I learned a bunch of things. One that before the NFL there was like a whole lot of teams and a whole lot of places and nothing was really like put together. And so mm-hmm. there were a lot more zero zeros with all that. But I said, I'm sticking with NFL cause I can't, I can't go backwards. All those things. Did you know there was a Detroit Tigers football team for like two years? Is that weird? It's so not. weird. Cause it's baseball now, but right. anyway, I digress. Um. So, um, but speaking of Detroit, this zero zero game was on November 7th, 1943 between the Detroit Lions and the New York, New York Giants. So I'm not surprised that those are the two teams. I mean, if we're being honest, the Lions, I do love them. Shout out to Detroit. But I i am not surprised either. You know, if you're if you're a Lions fan, you have to know that your heart is just going to break. But, you know, it just goes to show you can make history sometimes for just not doing anything. Dang. (laughs) And that's my Kate's Corner Burn. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, that's new. Okay, this is exciting. We're going to spice up the segments. But um, also, Michaela would like me to mention, even though it's my corner, that Al Woods has really pretty eyes. They're so pretty. Have you all seen his beautiful eyes? And if you haven't, Google him. I mean, I will say that we have used this segment before or this mini segment before to talk about, you know, players and, and what we've seen in appearances and stuff. So I think this fits in. But I gotta say, um, fun fact, I always think of the movie legally blonde, um, with Al Woods because I always mishear his name to be L Woods, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny. Especially From day one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for, that's what I thought. I was like L Woods. She's like Al, Al Woods. Woods. And I was like, wait, like, L, L Woods? Woods? And she's like, no, Al, A L. And I'm like, oh Al. It was the whole thing. But I mean, if you if you if you picture, I mean, if you picture it, like you know, if, if Al Woods just you know walking through the quad in that like pink outfit that she wears in the movies and just going like, I object, like <laughs> it's really funny. So when you mishear his name. He gives you a whole different I'm sure he gives you a whole different image. And I feel for him if he has. I will say it's a great movie, though. Oh. So, I mean, Blonde is one of those movies you could throw on the TV because you're like, I just want something good to have in the background. And yeah. then you end up getting sucked into it. even though yeah. You've seen it so many times. No, you're there's, like, there's totally worse movies or worse characters in movies you could be associated with, you know? Yeah. I mean, Oh, Woods, like, she's, that's a whole other podcast issue, but she's great. And he's great. And he has beautiful eyes. And that is, and that is Kate's corner. This is the end of the Hawkeye analysis. <laughs> up next, the mailbag. This is the mailbag segment where we answer your questions. That was good. I know. I, mean, I was trying to come up with something to add, but there was nothing. I'm working on my like podcast radio voice. Are you trying to go with your radio voice? I don't think I have one. Well, I think that your voice is great just as it is. You're so sweet. That's just the way it is. All right. So our first question comes from SS Fisher 87. That's our buddy, Steve Fisher over at the Ball Hawks podcast. And Steve's question <sighs> is, why can't yep. DK just play football? Mm-hmm. He's so good when he's locked in, mm-hmm. but can't help himself from getting into the extra junk. Take that as you will. Should coaches be coming down harder on him for this silly extra stuff? Okay. Do you want to take the lead on this and then I'll chime here's, in? I mean, you can correct what I say after I say <laughs> it. Um, Here's the thing. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know I love DK. He's my guy. And um, I will say that, Steve, I share this frustration too because he is so good. And I think, you know, he is just – I think he's still playing with that I have to prove I'm the best mentality, which is in some ways a mentality I would imagine you have to have as a professional athlete to keep you at the top of your game. But I do feel like it also can be very damaging because, again, football, there's 11 people on the field from your team at one time. You're not the only one out there. This is not a solitary sport. You know, you can't carry the whole thing by yourself. You literally – I mean, you, well, you can carry the ball once it's thrown to you if you can catch it by yourself. But we also know that that can go if you're not thinking about the team and the game circumstances as a whole. That's And you're thing. trying to do too much. It can't be all about you. And I think that, you know, uh, I just – I have such hope for him because he is such a great athlete, such a great player. And I think that, you know, I think he does have – kind of the right idea a lot of the time but when he does let all the stuff get to him or the stuff people say or whatever like he has got to let that go he has got to stop getting roped into the stuff people say or the the thing when he said like i'm sick of losing kind of thing mm-hmm. it's like well you're not helping either right now i think that teams you know initially i think that dk at the beginning of the season was having fun with being a little bantery and testing and trying to draw some of those penalties what i'm thinking is happening now is that teams are realizing yep, they can that they can rile him up Yep, they can play that and again we saw and in this specific circumstance with You know what happened in this game. Um, You know DK grabbed. You know there was a taunting call on Green Bay. DK, you know, because they were taunting him. Taunting him. DK grabbed a couple face masks. He didn't just he like grabbed him. He grabbed him and pulled. Yeah, like it wasn't just like a. But what happened is the penalties offset. So. That meant that basically there's no penalty, no loss of down, you know. No change in yards. So that was helpful, but. He- he needs to realize that that could have a drastic negative impact on the team. Same circumstance with Carlos Dunlap, you know, for throwing the shoe, which obviously throwing a shoe is not grabbing somebody's face mask. Masking no, I mean, definitely not. But dangerous. it did give them a 15 yard penalty where mm-hmm. that got Green Bay so much closer to, you know, their own end zone. True. So just making those kinds of like mental, well, like it's really hard. I would, yeah. I can only imagine and having been an athlete. Sure but not in an aggressive sport like this, not no. much, much of a physical sport, how much adrenaline you have and where your mindset has to be, at to be able to sacrifice and put your body on the line to take hits. So the amount of adrenaline that they're having in a game to have to keep your mental area, like your yeah. mental in check that does have to be its own separate quote game. I would think I so, yeah. like you have your physical game, but then you have your mental game, and that's where these are. not just your athletes. That's not just the fact of like knowing your plays and your routes and what's coming up next or how to read a defense. There's that side of the mental game, but the mental game of keeping yourself in check, exactly, staying focused. Well, and I mean to to the rest to the other part of the question about should coaches be coming down harder on him for the extra silly stuff? I mean, there was the footage of after the game where he, you know, jumped up and hugged the um, goalpost on like Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the thing after that about Pete Carroll coming over and be like, did you, did you get on the goal? And he was, like, he was like, yeah, I didn't know. I just didn't think you could dunk it. I didn't know you couldn't hug it. Remember? Right. And he was like, oh, that's my fault. I should have taught you that kind of thing. So I, it doesn't seem like at least, I mean, maybe who knows about this situation. Well, I'm hoping after this, cause this was more of a dangerous right. situation. And, and you know, it was interesting Hopefully because something is in, in Bobby Wagner's presser today, Bobby talked about how, because he was asked a question about DK and, sure. and and everything that happened with how he's been on the field. And he kind of associated, he goes, you know, I'm not too concerned about it. It reminds me a lot of like a young Richard Sherman on this team where sure. he's kind of chippy, has a lot to say. Lots of you know just that sure. energy, and he he goes I think as players mature and they get more into the game that those things can like basically. That's like, what subside. I'm saying. That's what I'm hoping. But he's like, I'm not I'm not worried about it, right? This is uh, well, sure. Like you know, basically is what he said, and I really respect Bobby Wagner Absolutely. as a captain for that team. His mindset, the work he does in the community, the mm-hmm. way he presents himself, the way he carries himself. And I feel like he's a true leader in that locker room, and so oh, yeah. I really trust what he has to say about that kind of thing. Absolutely, I think that um, you know he's. I, that's just my hope for DK. Is because if he can just not get, you know, pulled into all of this, and he can just focus on the game and the team and all of that, like I, he's he's he's, 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 a he's such Hall of Fame a good player. Receiver. Yeah, he's a he's a yeah a physical. He's. Uh, he's ath- amazing like just a, an all-around mm-hmm. athlete yep and very talented yep and i'm excited to see where he can go sure and this is maybe just one of those times it's a struggle it's right you're on a team and they're losing they have a losing record and yeah learning how to navigate that mentally and emotionally sure is different for this team it's been a long time since they haven't been like you know there was one season i think and you know, where the Seahawks weren't going to playoffs, but they still had a, like a nine win season. Sure. And so right now they're really struggling, but we'll see how things hopefully turn around. I'm, I've always try to stay hopeful. It's, it's kind of I do too. what I do. You do. That's um, true. And so in that regard, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll have to see Steve. Yeah. How it goes. On to your, uh, your other host, Phillips Chris 12 uh, some chris phillips um he, chris asked a fun question this week sure are you more of a candy person or a chocolate person it's really funny because i always think of chocolate as being candy so i'm assuming Me he means like more skittles of like fruit or Starbucks. kind of things yeah. or something versus chocolate stuff um i do not feel like i'm actually able to answer this question i'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull the, the mode of my kids and go both because somehow even though they didn't take college-level logic classes they understand that the word or means either or both so I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull a um, logic 101 from my college days and say I choose both Wow, I took logic 101 as well in college yeah, and I forgot that that was a thing. It was traumatizing to me because I was really wrong a couple times. Oh, it was you, the most cha- one of the most. It was really philosophy because yeah. I mean, logic is philosophy. Logic's philosophy. I was a philosophy one one class. It was logic. I took a couple philosophy classes in college. You We need take four. In this college. is totally like, not talking about candy at, at this point. But, but either way, philosophy is hard. This is not, not like philosophy is not for the faint of heart. No, no, you have to be ready to be wrong if I have to pick one though if it's like hey you have to pick a thing I would probably go with chocolate um Skittles are like I know a fave um of non-chocolate things but I think chocolate on a whole I'm more like overall like I'll eat this I'll eat this I'll eat this I'll eat this but I'm a chocolate lover yeah I could easily decide that I'm gonna set aside my fruity candy for chocolate like I would yeah I would just be like cool, like I could. If have, I could have Skittles and chocolate, then I'd be fine. I could get rid of. Well, I do like trash candy too, like candy you corn. You love trash candy. candy so much. It's so good. If you don't know what trash candy is, it's fine. But if I said candy corn, then you probably understand. You probably automatically uh, you're like oh, trash. Yeah, that's me. Uh, all right, so on to Brit underscore Mattis, which is my sister, um, Brittany. She said. <laughs> And this was in reference to a tweet so don't mind me as i read this quote you might not fully understand the context initially but it was i think it was in reference to our wine weekend it was it was if we should you know yeah talk about talk uh, about with wine or Hawks, talk about this. yeah for the hawkeye analysis and so Brittany says yeah i drown my sorrows with non-alcoholic wine i'm sure you both picked up a new fave during your trip this past weekend what you got for your selection we actually picked up six, seventeen bottles of wine i think it was but see oh. we were we were gifted that one from the so we have 18 thing no no because oh. we got i think we do we have it i don't know We have we got one of my we gave one of my parents because they took care of the dog we have 17. On. so i think we have 17. yep um to pick one that was a favorite is a little difficult but i would probably say it's between um Masset Valley's 2012 Petit Syrah mm. or the um the Culturas and in. Culture, yep, mm-hmm. the 2014s. That was really good. Yeah, that was really good. I think, uh, also, if I'm gonna go a different route than that, I would say so many of the wines were. I mean, all the ones we got, we liked obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't have bought them. That'd be weird. We tried so, many, we tried wines so many, many wines. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the. Uh, the rose the rose glace mm-hmm. i don't think i'm saying that right but maybe it's like a rose ice wine that we got yeah. from masset mm-hmm. um that was it was surprising um and just really tasty i liked the i liked this trip the this the sweet kind of dessert wines we got two port style and then one ice wine and ice wines are sweeter and too. those so. are more of Kate's vibe, I would say. It's not that I wouldn't drink them or that I don't enjoy them. It's just that they are for sure a dessert wine in I'm my book. I'm fine with that more for me. I'll have to open a red wine and you'll open your port and you'll be under the table and I'll be sitting there like, when is this going to hit me? <laughs> well, I mean, typically that's, I'm a lightweight com- comparatively most yeah. of the time. Anyhow, but that's okay. So those are some of our favorite selections from our trip and our journey. The next question comes from at Big Sky Hawk Driver DRVR. DRVR. So the question is: who wins the NFC West? They are all beatable. I think that it actually depends on the health of the players and the teams in the division, because as we've seen, you know, yeah. Kyler Murray has been out, Hawkins yeah. has been out. But they really, big change really, for Arizona. They and and Murray they, they might come back this week. Sure. It's still a little bit of a question mark. We're playing them on Sunday. They play some differently without him. I would say without them. Look, I have if if I didn't have to root for the Seahawks in our division, like let's say that like I couldn't get to choose the Seahawks and I had to pick one of the other three teams. To I think win, that's fair. I would choose Arizona. Sure. I feel like
1: I, have, I less, have a lot more
0: respect and a lot less yeah, hate. I have a lot less <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you who listen and maybe really love the 49ers or the Rams. Yeah. But you, I think you would understand that rivalry that really exists. And, um, But I think that Arizona still has the opportunity to run the table in our division. Sure. The Rams, I don't know what's happened the last week or two, but the Niners came out and dominated them Yeah. this last week. And that was really shocking and surprising. Well, yeah, I mean, because Matt Stafford just had like a well, not, they it was just not it was not it was a not game. a great game. But I I still I'm Rams. not doubting the Rams. I think that the Rams are still a team that could take it all. Sure. Um, the, I,
1: mean, I,
0: I, I and I, I at this point it would take I don't think a it's miracle with Niners. circumstantial like other teams in our division are going to have to start losing like oh, all their games yeah, and we're going to have to win all of our games for things to like really turn the tables in terms of me thinking that see for us are to gonna... win to the division <laughs> right yeah, i agree with you on that so i hope that that feels like a you know a sufficient answer to your question that was a good one because now we're like over halfway through this season we are. and um i think it's it's good to reflect on and review at this point in time still you know any given sunday and anybody's it, game absolutely i think that i saw sports you know you stuff. see percentages of you Know possibilities for playoffs and that sort of thing, and I think the Seahawks are like 13% to make the playoffs right now. And like Arizona, so you're like saying we've got a chance, exactly. Yep, yeah. All right, well, this leads us to our closing podcast remarks for the Pacific Northwest Showdown this week for episode nine. Yeah, I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. And if for any new listeners, thank you, welcome. For staying this long and listening to us talk about our lovely amazing pacific northwest sports true and you can you can find us on social media we are at pnw showdown on instagram on twitter i believe also the same handle on tiktok right is that right yeah there was a tiktok started there's a tiktok i think there's like a don't know how things. to work it worth it it's kind of tricky we're learning, learning things here. and then i think there was also a facebook page set up just yep. in case anybody out there is still old school so four different ways to find us on social media um i'd say twitter is the one that gets the most love and you know instagram gets it too so we're trying to work on the other platforms as well but um, so hang in there for us but we do work full time we both have jobs <laughs> but we're trying we're trying so yeah. we appreciate you checking in likes comments shares posts all those kinds of things it's Absolutely. really great and helpful. we love interacting with all of you we do i'm getting better at twitter kate is getting better at twitter all right well remember to take care of your hearts and minds above all else until next time Kayla, yeah. You know how I say absolutely way too much on these podcasts? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like absolutely, 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 right? I think I counted. I think I only said it three times this I'm time. I'm so proud of you. It's yeah. true. I say that all the time. Oh, That's true. That's yeah. True. That's true. Isn't it funny how when you record yourself and then you like realize what you're saying and how much you're saying it, isn't it sort of a little irksome? It can be. But you know what? When you listen to yourself, you'll learn. I suppose that's true. We can always aim for improvement. Oh wait, look, I just said it's true. Oh no, I caught it from you. Oh no, absolutely. (laughs)